Morons, the only boys rewatch podcast that refuses to change its intro gag. I'm one of your hosts in Jack of All Trades Mono, and with me is my co-host and master of none, Kira. Hello. And now, as we promised yesterday, we're back to talk episode two of season three, The Only Man in the Sky. Yes. And probably get fairly fucking sidetracked along the way. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> there, was, there was a lot going on in this episode. Yeah, no, a lot, lot going on. Mostly fairly on one side and the other. Yeah, it no, it's... it's in- boys and, and, and the seven side of things, the Vought side of things. Yeah, well, it's Homelander's birthday. It's a special, special day. Yeah, special day. Yeah. Blink if you want to wish me happy birthday. Oh, God. She's giving <laughs> oh, the, the silent treatment. Well, the increasingly silent treatment. Yes. Yeah, it's Homelander's special day, and, and he, he's going to make the most out of it. Uh, he, he certainly tries to make the most out of it. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't go the way that he'd, he'd like, I'd say. No, and he throws a giant tantrum. Oh, yeah, it's one hell of a tantrum he throws at the end of the episode, but we'll get to that yeah, in due you've time. you've got Huey recovering from this massive revelation at the end of uh, episode one. I don't know if recovering is the word I use. <laughs> Maybe, like, collapsing? Yeah, freaking out. Like, it's um, it's it's kind of shattered his actually, world. Actually, in fairness, he's uh, he's quite calm and collected about the whole thing. Like, uh, he's not... Well, yeah, it's... it's the not, Huey of season one probably wouldn't have been quite so proactive yeah. in his freak out. But he, yeah, he's he has definitely taken a, a knock. Yeah, and you see that kind of when he's saying Vicky was my friend. Like, it's the betrayal more than anything, I think, that's gotten to him. Yeah. And then you've got the boys... Chasing down Soldier Boy. Yeah, and all those various leads involved in that. And poor M.M. still not having a particularly good time. No, and M.M. is is very interesting to watch this season. Yeah, no, we'll definitely probably talk a lot about M.M. Uh, yeah, this episode. I, uh, every time M.M. is on screen, my heart breaks. Yeah, him. like, I, I know I said I wanted more M.M. and M.M.'s backstory, but I'm nearly kind of sorry I asked for it now because M.M.'s, backstory, M-M's breaking my heart. M.M.'s backstory I, in the comic book is fucking tragic. Oh, it's, it is, yeah. It's um, the and I knew backstory that I kind of hoped that they would change up. Because it's just, it makes me so sad. And I know that's incredibly selfish to be like, I don't want to see that because it hurts my soul. But well, no, I don't want but... to see it because it hurts my soul and I can't cope with that. But... I'm too emotionally invested in these characters to see them get hurt. Yeah, and I mean, nobody was going to have a good reason for getting involved with this. No, fight, but fight his, his is but, so sad. But it's just, well, it's, not, it's not even his backstory that's, that's heartbreaking. It's just... How it's affecting him. How it's him. affecting him. I is, just, yeah. yeah, I... I yeah, but yeah, no, we're definitely going to talk a fair <laughs> bit about that later. <laughs> I have to get my life, like, get myself ready for that, because that's going to you be... You need to gather yourself need, back up to Yeah, you. I'm going to need to, like, open up my phone and look up some, like, pictures of, like, cute fuzzy kittens and stuff. <laughs> well, I'll have them at the ready for yeah, when, we get, no, when okay. we get to the MM section yeah, later. Yeah, no, it's okay. I'll just be scrolling through TikTok looking at kittens. <laughs> but for the meantime, we'll go for one of our normal summaries then, yeah. will we? It's the big man's big day and nothing is going Homelander's way, as it's less birthday cake and more just desserts. Starlight shows Supersonic how to make waves, Huey does some digging on Nadia, and M.M. does some soul-searching. Meanwhile, Frenchie and Kimiko track down the Crimson Countess at Vautland, and Butcher chases Gunpowder to get a very unexpected lead on Soldier Boy. Meanwhile! Meanwhile, at the Hall <laughs> of the Super Best Friends... I'm going to have to like, put that clip in somewhere. I don't know if I need to give anybody any more context. No, but, yeah. Meanwhile. But yeah, just yeah. Can't, can't hear meanwhile without no, following no. it in my head. As... No. So where are we starting? Where um, do we I suppose, start? Who? Let's start at the very beginning. 
which is um, not without my dolphin. Not without my dolphin. <laughs> our favourite, our oh. favourite punching bag, the deep. Oh, the deep, and Billy Zane. Who's, who's and, punching back for a change? Yes, and also Billy Zane, who I'm loving because he was in season one in the the really bad pop claw films. Yeah. And I just Billy Zane has a great sense of humor, and I love the if, fact that he is so willing to take the piss out. If of you go, if you go into the X-ray for this episode, there's a a ton of like in-world trivia, and then just kind of normal trivia. Yeah. But one of the bits of trivia was that Billy Zane is a big star in Va films in the world of the boys. <laughs> yeah, no, he does seem to be like. Um, but yeah, we see when him they, if you're at on VaCon. Like, yeah. And we saw him in what was it? Terminal Beauty was that the yeah that the was, pop class that series was the pop class series and he's been in a lot of other ones um, and, and now he's in Not Without My Dolphin Not Without My Dolphin the deep story about leaving the church oh and it's so wonderfully overacted oh god yeah of course yeah. I suppose you'll leave me no choice but to <laughs> run don't tell him <laughs> what sort of time life timeline I don't know we don't get that channel here Hallmark um, yes <laughs> there's a few of them I think Oh yeah, believe. yeah. No, we don't. I believe we don't get those kind of shitty made for TV. Well, we get some of them over here, but, but we don't not, have channels dedicated to yeah. them anyway. So yeah, it's it's. I'm assuming it's one of those terrible ones. Yeah, daytime made for TV movie. Yeah. Ah, oh, the title is just a yeah, stroke of genius. I love not it. Not without my dolphin. And that's then after that we get our first hint of of what's to come with the ad for Homelanders birthday bash. Oh, featuring no. Dame Judi Dench, no yeah. less. It, it, I expected it to turn into a complete murder face, fucking birthday bonanza NASCAR style event, and it kind of goes that way. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, um, there's again the, with the X-ray. Apparently, every year at Homelander's birthday bash, Black Noir plays uh, a particular Mozart. I was thought you were saying he was going to come out like play like water glasses. No, or something no, he like plays that, he that's... plays a particular Mozart piece, but I'm pretty sure they said on keyboards. And then at, I want to see that. I, I know. I was a bit disappointed it wasn't in the episode. <sighs> uh, and then Vought cooks the world's biggest cake and cuts it and gives it out to the people of New York, apparently. So it's a big yearly event. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's not weird at all. The giant cake thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I just I wanted to see Black Noir yeah, I'm, play yeah, keyboards. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm just happy to see Black Noir do anything that's not... Kill- well, I'm actually happy to watch him kill people as well. Um, but... Like, we've seen him play the piano, so it makes sense if he was playing keyboards. We've Speaking seen, of, where is he? Um, In a vegetable type no, of No, because in the 7-on-7 seven seven segments, he was back and he was off hunting down the, the highway serial killer. That's presumably Cindy. Yeah, um, I don't know. One would assume that he's in no fit way to be around the general public. Because yeah, well, they only, were saying like they didn't know if there was brain damage because it's hard yeah. to tell. <laughs> well, we've only had we've only had mention of him about the the, the Hard Rock Cafe in Lagos yeah. and that the fact that he was in payback. Well, there's only been mention made to him. We haven't actually seen him on screen yet, have we? No, um, except for in the Dawn of the Seven when he does the superhero no, landing and cracks yeah, the yeah. rock, which seems very um, yeah, unwarlike. Were, yeah, so uh, looking forward to our first proper Noir appearance. Oh no, and he was on the Black Harbor when they were like, "Oh, and here's Noor for yeah. your interview." Yeah, but, but in fairness, that, that could be anybody. True. <laughs> <laughs> True. That actually could have just been anybody in that suit. <laughs> but the the next we see, uh, well, the first kind of in person we see of the superheroes is at the sound check for Homelander's birthday, where he's way, way out of line. 
Yeah, with... weird variety show thing going on. Oh, there is. But before we get to the show itself, he's just so petty when he comes out up to Supersonic. Well, the thing is, he's had, you know, a bit of a shitty morning. He went to go and get his birthday wishes off his snookums. Oh, that's after. Oh, no, sorry. That's before that. You're yeah, right. Yeah. You're right. It is, he's yeah. like, oh, he's basically Archer in that birthday episode. And it's like, here's the boy, the happy birthday boy. And then he takes the, VC out, <laughs> the, the VHS tape out and smashes it. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's like, oh, guess whose day it is. Aren't you going to wish me a happy birthday? Blink high to wish me a happy birthday. And she's just ignoring him. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to lead an army of untermensch. Yeah. As he, <laughs> as he told her when she was jacking no. him off in the last episode. No. Yes. No. Yes! No! Yes! And she's just ignoring him and he kind of takes off in a huff. So he's already in a pissy mood when he arrives. Yeah, but it's all... And he just continues to take that out on everybody around him. It, it, it's real calculated and malicious. It's just mean. Yeah, and, and his... It, what was it? Come drunk on... Your Chipotle salad? I don't know. It was, a, it was, it was quite mean. inventive. It was inventive, but it was shit at the yeah. same time. That It was just a kind of crappy insult. And you can even see Supersonic looking at him being like, hey, did, really? did you just say that? Like, you know, That was a, I don't care who the fuck you are. Like, that wasn't, no, you just, no. Yeah. And like, I, I don't care that. I like that there was no fake kind of yes man laughter at it like you might have gotten from somebody from somebody like the deep or A Train. He just well, there's also the insinuation that he had only gotten as far as he had gotten because of preferential treatment from Starlight. So he's not only has he made this extremely gross suggestion, he's also insulted both of their characters and integrity. Oh yeah, (laughs) but no, I I just. I, there's little touches of it and I, I I hope they don't end up making him a big complete bastard I quite like Super because yeah Sonic. I kind of like Super Sonic there's a couple of things later that we'll talk about like, that he I does get but Huey's being an asshole but Huey's just being an insecure little bitch and he's admitted him himself at the end when he was like oh god now I'm going to cling on to you like crazy yeah but they're honestly they're Starlight and Thingy's friendship what's his name drummer boy I can't remember his Super Sonic Thank or you. Alex Alex their friendship is just like old friends. They obviously spent a lot of time together. They have a clear affection for each other, but it's nothing more than platonic now. Yeah. And it's just that. They just happen to get on well and enjoy each other's company. Yeah. But And Huey just is threatened by everybody. <laughs> yeah, no. Then when we see Homelander's plan for first Oh, dialogue. I've made some script reviews. Oh, no, you didn't. No, and, you didn't. It's... Just and and the girls in the outfits. It's exactly what Annie calls him out for as. Yeah. It's a, it's a petty attempt to, let, to make her look like a bi- objectifier her. and make her look like a bimbo. He wants her to do the Marilyn Monroe shuffle across the stage to sing Happy Birthday, Mr. President. Basically, yeah. He wants that. He wants, you know, because, and just for her to be seen as this object. Yeah, but Annie is having his his, his neck beard's coming out a bit. <laughs> it is, and we'll definitely talk about that yeah. towards the end of the episode. But yeah, Annie's having none of it. At no, all. and fair fucks to her, she shouldn't. And I'm gonna guess that when when she says she won't do it, she doesn't know that stands there. Yeah, that comes out of nowhere because it almost looks like it was kind of staged that he's in this little, like that he's obviously in the control box. He's in the same booth, yeah. Yeah, and that they hadn't realised that he was he was there watching over everything. But yeah, he puts the shits up Homelander. 
It's fucking brilliant though. Like I, it's I, your birthday. You can cry if you want to. What a closer! <sighs> like uh, I said after after we watched that the first time, and I was like, all right, from now on, he is just stand the man. He's like oh. he, he's put Homelander in his place once or twice before. But fuck me, the he way does he does it there. Anymore. You know, he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. It's your birthday bash, but like seventy six percent of the people who are tuning in are tuning in to watch Starlight. And 57. 57% <laughs> might DVR you. So we really don't give a shit what you do You're or lucky say. we're even putting on this farce this it's, year. Uh, it's just yeah. brilliant. He's so fucking good. I absolutely love it. And the best part about that is it's in front of everybody. Oh, yeah. It's not just... Everybody has just witnessed him getting down, he's taking dr- down a peg. Yeah, he's dressed him down in front of, say, maybe... He's dressed him down in front of Annie before. Yeah. Maybe once or twice in front of other VOT employee, higher up VOT employees. But this was, but this was just like everybody. Yeah, showgirls, like cast and crew and like riggers and, he got and stuff. scolded like a yeah. naughty child. Like he was actually scolded. And it was that way that like you deal with like a kid having tantrum where you're just like, fine, if you want to do that, do that. Yeah. I'm no longer interacting with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it is just fucking brilliant. It, it's so good. And you can see he has gotten the proper smackdown because when we see him next, it's when he's off supposed to be saving poor Chelsea. Oh, poor Chelsea. Poor, poor Chelsea. Yeah, congratulations. You're our birthday save. I have, like, wh- who is this poor girl? Did she come out of Sage Grove? Is she from one of the wellness centres? Is she just an actress hired for the day? I... Yeah, like where do I, they find her because she's supposed to be like because like the whole thing is clearly clearly staged because they're there with the cameras and he's like oh you're this so they wouldn't it probably would have been someone like it's an actor who works in house at Vought that they like have signed an NDA who can't be like oh I get rescued by them on you know I don't know I I think there's a couple of things that Chelsea says that make me think that about one in particular at the end where she says I don't think I want to jump anymore yeah if she was a Vought plant there's nobody else up there no, but uh, it could, Homelander knows there's nobody else up there otherwise he wouldn't be saying things that he's no, saying no but like it could be like you know she knows if she jumps he'll be caught you know to I suppose, make yeah. it look believable yeah she's supposed to jump he's supposed to catch her yeah like so yeah um, yeah I, in fairness if it, you were I supposed to jump it, off the building and be caught by him and he's having that rant and says I think he should jump yeah, you'd be going, I don't want to jump off the building anymore, thanks. Even if I'm getting paid to do it, you're all right. I'm going to forfeit that. Cheers. I'll um, in court. I suppose it could go either way. I didn't I didn't think of it when we were watching it. I just, until it's you, just vaught are it's so definitely a possibility. shady. Oh, it's definitely a possibility. Like, <laughs> like I'm, they're I'm sure so, they have, so shady. Like, I'm, I'm just, sure they've constructed crimes to be foiled by criminals before Yeah, in they the have past. crime analytics. And... And in fact, we saw it in Diabolical in the the Groundhog episode. Oh, poor, and poor Groundhog! I know, but that's supposed to be one of the canon ones. Yeah, and he goes on a crime spree, and that's all scripted by Vaughn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could be. I suppose it could be. Yeah, I just felt so sorry for the poor girl. I was like, just it was just the fact that the cameras are there, and he shows up, and he's like, "Congratulations, you're my you're my save of the year, my annual birthday save." And I was yeah. like, "Oh God, Vaughn have put her out there." Well, no, I'm, I also I, was like, "Why is there a massive screen behind him? That makes no sense. Why is that?" There? I I took it from that probably to to project the save that he was supposed to have on it, or it 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 seems to be on a very busy street, so yeah, and it's New York, yeah. But no, what I took from the my annual save thing was just that. 
you know, on his birthday, he has to make at least one public save. So yeah. they can be like, even on his birthday, Homelander takes time to save the common guy. Yeah, oh God, yeah. It's all for the narrative. But I don't... All that. I don't think it went as far as that she was a, a plant put up there to pretend to jump off the building. But I wouldn't put it past them either. Yeah, no. I, think, I wouldn't put it past yeah, them Yeah, here at 11.30, you have your save. Yeah. You know, they have that, cri- that whole crime analytics who, like, work out their schedules for them, so... And that's nearly all of the boys... Or sorry, the seven side. Except for A Train's pitch. Oh gosh. <laughs> poor fucking Seth. And then, but like, poor, poor Seth. Seth. <laughs> Seth was a really weird colour for that whole thing. He looked like he just knew it was bad. <laughs> and he was trying to become one with the sofa so nobody would see him. And, oh yeah, he wanted to make as little uh, a just, thing of like, himself no, as possible. Everything was crossed away from A-Train. Like he had his leg crossed away from him. He's hunched oh, over. The body he's, language got that, is, yeah. he's got the head but, up and he's like, just don't ask me. When, I when have A-Train. done this because you told me I had to do it. I don't want to. <laughs> the look on his face when A-Train directly addresses him. And it's like, yeah, you know what I mean, Seth, don't you? Oh, like, God, I'm a don't pre- even talk I'm to a proud black man, am I? <laughs> and Seth's just like, yeah, sure, yeah, fine, yeah, can we please get through this? Poor and, Seth. Like, and it's, I understand where A-Train's coming from. He's like, I... A-Train yeah. to Africa? No, not the actual program, not the shit he comes up with, but just wanting to... He knows his place on the, the Seven is precarious probably anyway, Yeah, but much less with... Homelander. He say he probably thinks Homelander's the, zeroed in on him as like he's a being little, a prick. Yeah, but, but he's also probably the weakest link at the moment. He well, that aside, I'd say like he's, he's thinking Noir's is, on his side. Like think about it. Who's in the seven now? You've got Noir, Homelander, Maeve, Starlight, and A Train. Yeah, but I would say what A Train is thinking is he can't touch Maeve or Starlight. That and he's not going to do anything to Noir. No, so that no. leaves A Train. But also, I think yes, yeah, the only the only time he can't get near deep. Well, no, not even that. I'd say what A-Train is thinking is that the only reason he's probably still on the seven is because the Stormfront is a Nazi thing. Yes. They can't kick the the only black man off the seven when they're still trying to recover from this Nazi thing. Yeah, they can't be seen to not have any, some form of inclusivity. Yeah, so I'd say that's why he's just trying to be like, yeah, let's, let's, let's push it. And Seth even does say it. (laughs) He's like, you know, that the response to the seven wasn't great. And They're black audiences tend to respond poorly to things involving Nazis. Yeah. And Any audience tends to respond badly to things <clears throat> Especially actual Nazis. Nazis. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the whole thing. And is that where we get introduced to also Ashley? Oh, also Ashley. It's her new, uh, it's her image consultant, also Ashley. I'd like, I'd like to get I, more of also I, Ashley. I want more also Ashley. Um, I'm looking forward to the the team of Ashley and also Ashley. And we get a an LJ name drop when A Train starts talking about the his redesigned costume. Oh God! He says I talked to LJ. Yeah, in Dave. costume design. Yeah, which I'm guessing is Laura Jean Shannon, who has made some of the suits for the show. Yeah, um, the suits. Not bad. Did you get a look at it up close though? Well, it's all supposed to be African prints and fabrics and stuff like that, and yeah. I understand that, but it's um, no, there's a time and a place, and that wasn't it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that. <laughs> like I'm the Ashley is freaking out and being like, "Get them costumes it's up the, here!" No, when Ashley realizes his his interactive learning experience for the Gen oh, Zers. Is this, the game? It's a game about the slave trade. It's just, oh, just like, uh, what? 
No, even oh. co- even coming from you, a train that nobody could sell that. Don't be ridiculous. Just, what, how did you think that was a good idea? Oh fuck! Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. And a train leaves the meeting thinking that it went okay. Yeah, just, Seth. I will give it to Seth. That that like okay, he could have phrased it a bit better, but he's brutally honest. He's like, nope, she hated it. She flat out hated it. Just like do yourself a favor and let it go. You know, if you continue yeah, go to go from a different angle. Yeah, if you continue to pursue this, it's not gonna work in your favor. Now yeah. he did say it like a bit of a shit, and I get it. He was like he was pissed off, he was partially humiliated. Yeah. He doesn't want to waste any more of his time dealing with this, so he's trying to nip it in the bud. And A Train is all like No, you don't have a dick and walks off. Yeah, dude, seriously, come on. Yeah, not his fault he doesn't have a dick. <laughs> at, the, he's, at the minute, he's he the only one... He lost that through no, like, fucking fault of his own. But at the minute, he's the only one who's even bothered to entertain any of A-Train's. Yeah, you know, he was and a, that's probably because he's just been ordered to by Ashley to keep A-Train entertained. Possibly, yeah, yeah. possibly. But the only other bit of Vought business, apart from a Homelander speech at the end, is that short scene between Stan and Vic at Vic's house. Yes. Because by the time it, it airs in the episode, we've already found out that something I suggested a while back and you shut down, Stan is her daddy. Well, her foster. Her foster adoptive daddy. Adoptive Adoptive type thing. He says, it's complicated. And I'm sure it fucking is. Yeah, he's her like guardian. But I suggested it and I'm counting that as a win. <laughs> yeah, so we find out more about the Red River facility. Yeah, well, at that point we have. Yeah. Um, so the, and we were way off on that one yeah, in the last I, record. Uh, it's nothing like it was in the comics and much more like it was in Diabolical yeah. in the episode where the pissed off soup killed it, their parents. It's, it's an orphanarium. Yeah, it's an orphanarium <laughs> and that's where Stan adopted Vic from. Yeah. And it's about the first time we've ever seen any emotional warmth from Stan no he cares he's just a businessman and a professional no but when you see him with Vic's daughter oh yeah 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 like he's not a monster no and I'm guessing he very it looks like he very much considers her yeah. as a granddaughter yeah no because the majority of the emotion you get from Stan is exasperation in fairness so. <laughs> can you blame him no <laughs> but he is he's a businessman first and foremost and he always maintains a professional air so he it's him cutting cutting loose yeah and he's I mean the reason that he, he adopted Vic in the first place was purely for bettering the company yeah but when he's talking to her about what had happened with Tony in the previous episode mm. He is as much offering her a shoulder to cry on and like giving her, you know, yeah, words of encouragement. First as well. When he, you know, he's like, he repeats the kind of lesson of the story from the book he was just reading to Vic's mm-hmm. daughter to her. Like, you know, sometimes there are bad days. And yeah, we find out that it was Vot she had called for the cleanup crew. Yeah, that they sterilized. It's the cleanest <laughs> fucking alleyway in all of New York. <laughs> I'd say so, yeah. And so far, nobody has come forward. Nobody's seen anything. Nobody's seen or There's said anything. News. Yeah, they're they're good. And yeah, that's that's pretty much everything from from the Vought side. Yeah, Vought, Vought, um with the exception of Homelander's meltdown at the end, but that's that's a different story altogether. Vought oh, are and, just and trying. Stormfront's suicide. Yeah, Stormfront <laughs> uh, bit off her own tongue and choked on it. Yeah, which is what leads uh, a homelander to go a bit mad and, and push yeah, slash well, encourage that poor girl off the roof. Oh, that poor girl. But yeah, that um, her suicide on his birthday to prove a point. 
Oh yeah. Oh, she, I'd say she so. got that. That was the last word. She got it in. Yeah, and it, it seems like it was more than just. At first, did you want to live? Would you want to live like that? <laughs> no, no, no. I was gonna say it's, it's it was more than than she was more than just a a, a semi crispy fuck toy for Homelander because he calls her a perfect goddess. Oh, that whole rant is. Just yeah, we kind of skipped real over it. Fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Why should these gods have to suffer? Why do why do humans always destroy their gods? And why why should you get to be like saved? Like that last screw snapped. Like he he yeah after he, the, he slipped the leash. He's gone full loco bananas. <laughs> yeah, after getting like she, completely humiliated. That's why by she Stan. was still in the tower. Yeah, that's exactly why she was still in the tower to keep him from completely losing all touch with humanity in reality and, and yeah. now she's taken herself away from him yeah and, and it wasn't like somebody took her if somebody took her away he could blame them but she took herself away because yeah. of him oh yeah <laughs> so yeah uh yeah <laughs> yeah this will be fun oh it'll be fun yeah we nearly we nearly left over stormfront suicide there yeah stupid nazi bitch uh-huh. but there is a little bit of storm or homelander at the very start in Billy's dream as well. Uh, Billy's dream is, is is interesting. He's struggling with it. Yeah, and I'm glad it was a dream and not just a hit. And we like, also get to see Lanny. Yes, that was a nice touch. Yeah, no, but it, it was a really nice way of showing his internal conflict over this V24. Yeah. The, the, whether or not to use it. Yeah, the devil know. on one shoulder and the, yeah. the angel on the other. And everybody he's used in his life as a guiding point, mm. having their say. And then his nemesis. And even his nemesis is kind of like, are you sure you want to do it? Yeah. You're going to end up like me. You could explode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that is a nice a nice touch. That, that, that And as well, that he's the first voice that talks to him. And, and even is trying to dissuade, well, in his own way, trying mm. to dissuade him. And then, yeah, he wakes up and gets a video call from Ryan. Yeah. Which is nice to see that it's not just, they he do, doesn't just go yeah. to visit him once every couple of weeks or whatever. And He's Ryan, obviously got regular contact with him. Yeah, and then Ryan's asking him if he watched the video that he made for him. But it gets a little bit gruff. Yeah, no, he does apologise. He's like trying to, he's trying to kind of be like, look, I didn't sleep well. Yeah, it's a nice, no, it is a nice thing. You know, and he, Ryan's just trying, Ryan, that's when Ryan's like, oh, did you watch the video? It helps me when I can't sleep. Ryan's just trying to do a nice thing. Yeah. But at the same time, he does, he lacks kind of the social skills to navigate somebody being grouchy. And, and, mainly old grouchy. Uh, lacks the social skills to navigate dealing with an eight-year-old kid or a Who nine-year-old just kid. Wants to please everybody. Yeah, and and because that's, that's a, the first thing Ryan does is say, "Are you mad at me?" Well, that's when he's like, "No, I haven't watched the video." All right, and then he's like, "Oh, are you mad at me?" And yeah, looks a bit upset, and that's when Butcher changes and goes quite not soft, but it's like, "No, it's not your fault. It's me. I just I didn't sleep. I don't want you to blame yourself for anything." Yeah, and tells him. When You're your mother's yeah. son, and I'll, I'll do anything I can to protect you. Yeah. And it's quite sweet, and it it it's the growth that we've wanted in Butcher. Yes, for so so long. Actually, showing some growth. They all have quite a bit in this. You see a lot more, kind of like over the in this episode than the first episode. The first episode was just kind of a catch up. Yeah. This is like how is just like an actual catch up of where they are, what they're doing. This mm. is more the catch up of where they are emotionally and mentally. Yeah, very much, very much, you know, because you, we get, get you get it from a lot all of the, all of the boys. Yeah, and there's a lot of soul searching on the on the part of Billy and Billy. Billy's so close to being out to just calling it quits and being content. Yeah, he gets he gets kind of close. 
He's so close. <laughs> he does get kind of close. He admits that like people are right but and he was wrong and he's there. Everybody. He recognises as well, like when he goes to see M.M. and he recognises in that, M&M, yeah. M.M. that this is the right thing to do, and which he wouldn't have done previously. Yeah, but what's funny is that for a change... Whereas last season, the one who probably had the biggest growth was Huey. In this episode, everybody has a good bit of growth. Huey, er, Butcher, and then Frenchie and Kimiko, their relationship together kind of grows a bit. But poor old Huey, his his growth is kind of falling apart, or at least his he feels it. His ego has inflated. He hasn't had any personal growth, but he's had a massive boost of ego. Mm. And now that that's kind of falling, he's had the knees taken out from underneath and finding out that Newman's the head popper. Yeah. And he doesn't know what to do with that. And he's revert. He, he hasn't grown at all. He reverts back to being the scared, snappy. Well, let's say he. That's it. I quit, little boy. He grew in as much as he he went off to stand on his own two feet, and now he just he thinks I wasn't standing on my own two feet. Newman was. It's all. Rigged. It was all I planned was and it was doing, all rigged, so I wasn't yeah. actually doing anything on my own. But he actually kind of was. He, yeah. he did strike they out still, on his own. He did. They did take in people. Now they and know was still, that that was probably people that Vaught also wanted rid of that were causing problems. That's why they've been doing all these little deals and swaps. But at the end of the day, Soup Collateral was still down sixty yeah, percent, regardless that's still of who's planning. Yeah, yeah, well. Maybe not a massive one, but it's still damn compared to yeah. the year before. Well, that's also, you know... And that's that down to his work. And to be perfectly honest, having Newman there and having them, her and Edgar, be working together has actually benefited everybody because they're taking out the soups that cause Edgar fucking headaches cleaning up all their damage. <laughs> well, yeah. And they're taking down the ones that are going to be facing jail time and stuff like that. So they're helping Vought clean up their image, which is helping Edgar's five-year plan to be out of the superhero game. Oh, yeah. But ultimately, it, it's all done to benefit Vought. Oh, gotcha. And no, I was just going to say that there is, there is there some growth from Huey. He just can't see it at the minute because... He's, he thinks oh, I, I, yeah, I was just a pawn again. Yeah, I was Billy's pawn used. before, and now I'm Vic's pawn this time. And you, you hear it with their kind of first talk at the start when they're talking about Red River. Oh, when his toast is burning and when, everything's yeah, going wrong. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> his yuppie lifestyle. This like facade is is has slipped. Yeah, yeah. That no, it's he's... not all like fucking roses and fucking alfalfa juice parts <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> But yeah, no, he burns his toast and then they have a, a, a chat about Red River and how they're going to go and check it out later. Yeah, and he it, said it, she has to go off. Yeah, she has to go off and do her sound check and that red, that's when you find out that Red River was this adoption facility, care home type yeah. of thing for superly able children whose parents either couldn't cope or that needed like additional care because you've got when he does go up to there there's like a kid climbing on the ceiling oh yeah it's... there's like kids doing I just know they're all very calm but very harassed looking assistants <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's, it's all there's calm. there's all like a, a touch of nerves every time and they're like no please please come down <laughs> yeah yeah, no, I'd say nobody raises voices in that building. No, because dealing with a bunch of like three and four year olds is bad enough without them like being able to face through walls or like hide on the ceiling. Yeah, because yeah, one of the other things that goes wrong with Huey just before he goes to see Red River is he's, he can't open a jar yeah. and smashes it in anger. How tight are you closing your fucking jars, mate? Also, not well, closed it. It's a jar. It has a like. <laughs> it's a glass jar, metal lid. You can't like over tighten them, and also run it under hot water. You silly twat. Use tea towel. <laughs> yeah, no, I think not. I, smash it off the fucking counter. I think perhaps he is a little bit worked up. Yeah. <laughs> 
Do you know what would have solved that? And it wouldn't have fucking hurt his hand. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. He could have put that hand to a different use. Yeah. Is that where you were going? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, masturbation jokes. Why not? Yeah. But <laughs> considering you've got gunpowder later for well, pulling well, the lad off of and, and in fairness, and in fairness, Huey is a bit of a wanker then because when after he smashes the jar. And he calls Annie. He gets upset that Supersonic answers the phone. And he's like, oh, why are you answering the phone? And he's like, well... You called three times in the last three minutes. There's something clearly wrong. I've answered the phone because she is busy. Yeah. Because there's clearly something wrong. And... And then he does the he does well what I would consider to be the right thing. And tells Annie, oh, hey, your boyfriend rang three times. And then when I answered, he was acting weird. Yeah. And that's why Annie shows up later on to save his ass. But yeah, he goes off to, to Red River on his own then, out of... Spite? Spite, or like... Ego. Probably, it's all yeah, ego. It is ego. He says that, yeah. and he's like, we used to... When he's saying about Victoria, he used to be his friend. Oh, and they used to walk through there like the untouchables. Yeah, and he's like, was it all... You know, and you got that in like the first episode where it's like, oh my God, that's Hugh Campbell. Oh my God, it's Hugh Campbell. Like, he's, you know, Blue Falcon when he walks into the fucking... I'm a zoo falcon, but my friends can call me blue. Blue. He, but it's that he's. Oh yeah, no, his ego's taken a massive. Hit. All that miss that was missing from his initial walk through the office was that music from Reservoir Dogs when they're walking down the alley. Little green bag. That's the one. No, I was going to say all that was missing was the music from Spider Man Three. Oh, when, when he's walking down <laughs> the road, winking yeah. at people. Oh no! Yeah, actually, that would have been more fitting. <laughs> that's that's what that needed. Uh, the, like it is it is river. all driven by his ego he thought he was off being the fucking shit second in line to fucking Newman you yeah, know taking down all these suits the right himself. way yeah and I think that's he's, I think that's why he doesn't call Butcher because Annie suggests calling Butcher and he says oh he'll too, torture me but I think he's too proud to admit it to proud Butcher at the minute to say that he needs help he's the Butcher in this situation he they, is they've yeah. flipped he's oh but, they've definitely flipped in this episode no it's not to maybe the until the extremes <laughs> but yeah of it but he's he's too proud to call them for help and he's doing the same thing that he had accused Butcher of doing before. And even when the first time that Butcher goes to see Gunpowder, he's a lot more reserved than you would expect Butcher to be. Oh, that is Just hilarious. Nothing that will... N- yeah, that, that is it, a lot but, more reserved as well. But yeah. yeah, whereas Huey goes straight into Red River, even though he's a very public persona, it's a vast facility. Yeah. That's not the smartest thing and he gets discovered straight away Yeah, by a very important young child. Yes. Yeah, very fucking Teddy Stilwell. That fucking creepiest child on the planet. I don't do well with like creepy little kids no, in no, general and especially can... the way he phases is that real Japanese horror movie ghost but, child phasing and but, I don't that so, doesn't jive with but, me. It, it, it's Teddy Stillwell it, it explains how Teddy was able to escape the blast because we were like Homelander didn't he fucking... was miles away yeah and they were and like he course, was found they yeah. say he was found miles away and we Unharmed. just assumed home, we, we were like okay did Homelander save him but why the fuck would Homelander save a kid that he yes. obviously hates so baby Teddy must have teleported Faced himself, himself out. miles away. But yeah, it's Teddy Stillwell. I'm assuming Madeline's baby. She called him Teddy Stillwell. And that's, yeah. yeah. That was and Madeline's course, baby was And Teddy. Madeline was a vault man through and through. Of course she would have given her child feet. Yeah, at first we were like, fuck, is it maybe Homelander's baby? And then we're no. like, no, no. It makes much more sense that she had a baby and she gave Vigi. it to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was just a cool little thing and we were like fuck that's, that's right. Teddy Stillwell yeah he's a sad that Teddy's shit. in a 
I suppose he could leave the home whenever he wants to. Yeah, <laughs> little fucker can phase through things. They're going to want to keep an eye on him. Well, he teleports because they're like, Teddy Stillwell, we don't teleport in here. Yeah. And that's how we found out that it was Stillwell's yeah. baby. He's Nightcrawler. Yeah. Only but... not blue. Uh, same evil mom. But yeah, that was a nice <laughs> That was a nice little un- and unexpected uh, yeah. Easter egg. And yeah, and we were like, of course she would have given the child V. But yeah, like, Teddy... of course the VP of Vought would have a super baby. And he is obviously genetically a Vought man because the first thing he does after teleporting is rat Huey out. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> and he points to the TV and is and like, he's like Look, there you go. There he is. He looks like a drowned Victorian child. He does. He just has that. He looks like a ghost. He, he looks like that Japanese, like, dead child ghost. It, like, because he, he's real pale. He looks kind of like an old black and white film. Like, he's kind of staticky looking too. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's, definitely, it's definitely like, it's the way that the, the ghosts are in Supernatural. Yeah, he's that got kind that of kind of glitchy. And glitchy yeah. yeah. But um, Huey's pretty quick on his feet with an owl excuse. Oh, you my fat dead tadpoles. Yeah, my fat dead tadpole sperm don't work. Yeah. And me and Annie want to adopt a baby and keep it on the hush hush. So that's why like I came Like it's about like love this. and not publicity. And yeah, it's a pretty quick excuse. Yeah. But it is, yeah, it's a very forward action for Huey. It is. Compared to what we There's no, normally like normally preaching. he's the one who like thinks things to death. But yeah. he, and then he's, he's really... It got stuck in his craw. Yeah, it? and then he's stupid enough to go straight into the offices later yeah. on at the FBSA. And he's not so good with the excuses when he gets there and he's in front of the head popper. And yeah. he stumbles and bumbles over, over what happened yeah, to him and he's what he's sweating, doing. He's sweating rather nervously and <laughs> profusely. And, and, and he she, shows up to save the day. Yeah. And she's quick on the owl excuses instead. Well, in fairness, they just, they just have a fight. It's, it's a good ploy, though. <laughs> Very good ploy on Annie's behalf. Yeah, they just have a fight. Because uh, nobody, nobody in their right mind, unless you're me and you go and get popcorn, <laughs> wants to sit there and watch a couple fight. Yeah, and you, yeah, Huey and ca- it is catches on to it. And it is bickery as well. It's yeah. that kind of, we're going to fight in public. Yeah, Huey. And we are going to have this fight in public. Because this is the way it's going down. <laughs> yep. But it's, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's masterfully done on Annie's part. And she gets his ass out of that building pretty quick. And, and they the, do actually the have a legitimate fight though as well. Like there's, yeah, I think there's so. a lot of truth going on in that. But yeah, she takes him that's out of the car. And it's like, what the hell were you doing? And that's when I think the ego breaks a little. And he realizes, yeah, no, I was probably stupid to do all that. But yeah. I, just, I felt so useless. By the way, I signed us up to a doctor. <laughs> that's a great, great way to end the conversation. And <laughs> this was all very serious. But by the way, oh. he's pretty smooth when he with the USB key. Yeah, no, I'll give him that. Yeah, South Indian children are very fashionable at the moment. No, they're so hot right now. Is oh what she she actually said. They're so hot right now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, our other character that we're really feeling for. Oh, and not that we're really feeling for Huey because Huey, as we said, is being a bit egotistical and a bit of a bitch. But yeah, mm. Oh not, no, not sorry, but episode. before we finish that, when um, Newman turns around to him and tells him not to be afraid of powerful women, I actually thought he was going to wet himself. I think that might be her way of saying, I've got my eye on you, because yeah. she does address the fact that He's Tony missing- talked, well, that Tony talked to him. Yeah. She's like, what about somebody who came looking for me yes, or somebody who came looking for a Nadia yesterday, Scotty yeah. was saying. And he was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so I think she might have an inkling. She's like, well, she knows there's something up. He's like, they're missing work. They're fighting. There's something going on. Yeah. But that was enough to get them out of the building anyway. Yeah. But yeah, no, poor, poor LMM. 
has Butcher show up at his door at the start of the oh. ep- not the start of the episode, but I, I like how he still has to get at least a little dig in, and he brings a superhero present for Janine just to wind them up. <laughs> well, it's like here's the biggest thing I could. Oh no, it is supposed to be a. It's genuinely a present for Janine. But it's like, I want to bring a present for his kid, but I also want to wind the fuck out of him. <laughs> yeah, but like, he knows that she's all into the superhero stuff as well. Yeah, but he He's knows. He's actually got he a real kind of thoughtful present. Yeah, like but he knows it'll piss, Yeah, it's a bonus that it'll piss off at them too. Oh, oh, God, yeah. Like, any of our friends that have kids, it's like, here's something really loud. Yeah, what's know... the most annoying present we can get you, but that your child will also love? Yeah, <laughs> basically. It, it, it It's the right of annoying aunts and uncles and faux aunts and uncles to just give your kids annoying toys yep but Butcher has shown up mostly to try and get so well get MM back into it because at this point as we we kind of guessed at the last episode Soldier Boy is the one who's responsible for doing something to MM's family yeah and Butcher is using that to try and get him back in the game yeah he knows that it is he goes look we have a good lead on it I'm going to go and see Gunpowder Kimiko and Frenchie are hunting down Crimson Countess and he's like well what do you need me there for He's like, yeah. but it's Soldier Boy. It's Soldier Boy, come on. We know and, you have uh, a particular bone to pick with this one. You need to lay the ghosts to rest is kind of implied there. Yeah, and that's that's when M.M. loses he's, it he's, and he's actually all, curses. It is like he's, he is like, you know, you need this, you need... Yeah, but that's when M.M. loses it and actually curses because yeah. up to that point he's been saying these... Mother F and doo-doo! Mother F and doo-doo! And is like, fuck that shit. And, you know, says to Butcher, look, my dad died hunched over a typewriter Mm. instead of paying attention to his living kids. I'm not going to do that to Janine. Yeah, I almost did it to her and I'm not doing that. And Butcher recognises that straight away and he's like, yeah, do you know what? You're right. You're right. And says, you're doing a good job with it. He can see it now with Ryan. He watched Becca sacrifice her life to save her son. Yeah, and he's starting to see a little bit of it himself yeah. and he's certainly starting to understand and, and yeah, it's 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 the butcher growth that we bitched and moaned about all last season that we wanted and yeah. we're finally starting to see it. And you and can see it in himself. He's a lot more humble and sombre. And you can see it in MMM, or sorry, in, in, uh, in MM as well because yeah. he... He kind of looks a little bit surprised and then throws Butcher a bone and is like, hang on, I think I might have something that might actually help you with Yeah, it. because he didn't push and he went, do you know what, fair enough, you're doing a good job with her. Yeah. We'll see you around. Goes off, gives him this file, but it's it's opened Pandora's box for MM and he goes off and starts looking at the files and starts laying them all out on the floor in his very particular order. He gets very focused. He gets hyper-focused in on it. And then is disrupted by Janine saying, Dad, it smells smells like smoke in here. He runs into the kitchen and realises that whatever he's cooking is is about to catch fire, puts it out, and then loses his shit at the the smoke alarm. Yeah, like, dude, seriously. Just wave a tea towel at it. You don't need to bash it off the ceiling with a broom and then slam it into the floor multiple times. Oh, no, but that's... But that's the frustration that he's let himself get... Yeah, he he let himself get sucked into it and nearly burnt his house down with his daughter inside. And he's not angry at that smoke alarm. He's angry at himself. Yeah. He is really angry at himself. And you could see that the way he apologises to Janine. Oh, and he cries. Yeah. He like he, he he comes up to her to apologise straight away and he can see that she's scared and he kind of stands back until she's okay. Well she's ready. Yeah, she's and then she comes up him. and hugs him. And poor fella is just in tears. But the thing is, the thing I love about it is the conversation he has with Monique. Following that. Those uh, those two are just 
Like how many times throughout both watches did we say good man MM and good woman Monique? But it's so important as well to show a proud, strong family man admitting... To his problems and to what he's done wrong. Yeah, and to admitting that I've tried to do what I can about it and I can't and I need help. And yeah. I don't know what to do, and I'm afraid. Yeah, he says he's tried up his he's heads. Lot, yeah, it's he's not working. He's being vulnerable and honest and open, and it's beautiful to see because yeah. that sort of representation needs to be there. And Monique's reaction is just—it's so uh, thoughtful. Yeah, it's it's thoughtful and it's loving, and it's you can see that even she is hurt because she's like, well, she feels like she's the one who's done that to him. Yeah. She's like, I made you like give up your crusade against him because it was hurting our relationship and hurting our kid. But now I can see that making you give that up. Yeah, you've hurt yourself to change. You. Yeah, she says, I never wanted you to hurt yourself yeah, to change. Yeah, when he's saying that, it's all back to takes, the compulsions, everything. And you can see it breaking her heart. Yeah. She's like, I love you. Um, I can't be with you. Yeah, it, she it hurts. Them that together, you, they but... both recognize that them together does not work. But at the same time, they still care enough about each other not to see the other one hurt themselves unnecessarily. And they feel safe with each other. And in everything in this episode, Huey's gone to Annie for advice. Yeah. Butcher kind of talks to Becca in his head, but I think that's what the working everything out is. Becca was the only one missing from that montage. Well, and we saw, well, we saw him take advice and comfort from Mallory's words in the last episode. Yeah. Kimiko, when she's later on when she's talking to Frenchie and we've yeah. seen Frenchie go to Cherie yeah. for advice as well. So they all have extremely strong female presences in their life that they feel safe and secure to be vulnerable around. Yeah, and everybody's and any any growth in relationships in this episode all comes about through honesty. Yeah. MM tells Monique about um, oh, that whole scene happened. breaks my heart. I oh, just oh I, I, I nearly teared up watching that scene both like, times. But it is um, it's, it's just so it's so beautifully written and, and done it's so and heartfelt it's so considerate as well yeah no it is and the way she said talks about then when M.M. is saying like I don't want to be like my father and do that to Janine and Monique is like no but you don't you're aware because, of it so yeah, you're not going to do it yeah that's it your, your father lost himself in his crusade mm. you know to your detriment like you haven't lost yourself, you know that you're you're not gonna pass that disease on yeah. to her because you're already that, in the same but way. But she that, also, as well, is like you need to go to butcher because the only way that you will move past this is to confront it. Yeah, and then and you to can move past deal it. with it and to final have a final whatever way it turns out, it will have a conclusion. Yeah, it she can't says, just Janine, be this Janine thing will be that's here. out there lurking about after you <gasps> that giant hedgehog in Monty Python that lurks around in the city Spiny Norman Spiny Norman <laughs> it's his Spiny Norman but he is he's worried about her having a Spiny Norman and Monique's basically yeah. saying to him much like Mallory said to Butcher in the last episode the fact that you're aware of these problems and are trying to better yourself already means you are better than your father yeah, Monique doesn't say it, it explicitly to him but it's the same sentiment. Yeah. You're already better, but you still need to go and fix this thing so that you can be fixed yourself. Yeah. Like, and then you can be the father that you've always wanted to be to Janine. And it is, yeah, it's, it's just such a sweet scene. It's a really, there's, quite yeah, a few in this episode. There's a lot of people admitting that Huey admits he's broken. Kimiko admits that she's broken. MM admits he's broken. 
and even Butcher's coming to terms with how, just uh, with how he he knows he's broken, but he can kind of see a way out of it now of putting pieces back together and being content with what he has. He's almost a step ahead of the rest of yeah. them. But even Starlight, just just a quick point, that even Starlight is being quite honest with Alex and as Supersonic. Cause waves. Yeah, cause waves. When he's talking about giving out at the start about not wanting to sing the song because it makes him feel uncomfortable. She's like, well, Yeah, no shit, it should make him feel uncomfortable. Yeah, she's that like, was <laughs> weird and gross. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. But he, she's like, well, then don't sing it. He's like, oh, I don't want to make waves. And she's like, no, do make waves. And then later on, when she he sees her stand up to Homelander, especially after the things Homelander had said about <sighs> yeah. and to them, he's like, damn, what happened to you in New York? And she's like, I caused waves. I made waves, yeah. And she says she's trying to, I think she's trying to encourage him and see. They admire it when, you st- when you, you're strong enough to kind of. To, yeah, to stand on your own. But also I think she wants to see. And to stand see, up for your principles. That's it. I think she wants him to stand for his principles so she can see what his principles are. And see whether or not he would be yeah good on her side in the seven. It's the Maeve and Elena thing where Elena was like, "I'm not for sale." Yeah. Whereas Maeve was just go with it. But yeah, I think that's. I think Annie is trying to encourage. Well, um, she's getting a say on who's going to be working with her on the seven, and she wants people she can trust. She can trust who have who will stand for their values. You know, like whatever their their own moral compass is, but mm. that they won't be swayed by greed or mistrust or betrayal or anything like that. Yeah, no, that was that that was only supposed to be a little smaller side about Annie is also being honest yeah. like the rest of them. But yeah, the 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 Kimiko and Frenchie stuff that we get in this episode was great as well because yeah. you can see them even from the start, just when they're in Vatland and they're having a conversation about her wanting to go on the roller coaster, and Frenchie understands it all. Yeah. So he he's fully been taught the sign language. Yeah, well now. over the course of the last year you can see their friendship is something more. Yeah, they obviously went out and they did lots of dancing as, yes. pro- as he promised. But yeah, they're, you know, they're at the very least best friends. But he gets it as well when she's saying about she wants to go on the roller coaster and he's like, oh, since when have you wanted to go on the roller coaster? And she's like, well, you know, me and my brother have always wanted to go on one. And he's like, and he acquiesces. He's like, okay, we'll go and do what we have to do. And then business, af- yeah, business first. And then afterwards, we'll go on the roller coaster. I'm not saying no. I'm saying just not right now. And she's yeah. like, "Yeah, okay, cool." And and off they go. To and find. he understands that's something that's important to her for her and her brother. Like her brother's not around to do it anymore. They had no childhood. They were raised as like child soldiers. Oh yeah, yeah. She wants to go on a roller coaster. Yeah, we're gonna let her go on a roller coaster because it's the little things in life. <laughs> yeah, like she can't speak, so we're just gonna let her. You know. She can't go off really into the world on her own. Yeah, some of the shit. Well, we in the can see it actually up. with her texting. Oh, when she shows that the, the, the message, the message yeah. to Grimsley came to Oh but, my god, the but food yeah, some vendors. of the shit going on in the background. Woke walk, woke walk, and what was it? LGBT or say LGBT turkey legs? Um, <laughs> the donut burgers. The, the, yeah. Oh fuck me. Well, just... was it? there was woke walk, and there was another one that was, that was oh BLM BLTs. Yes, that was it. BLM, BLTs, yeah. There's just the shit that's in the background in this show. It's just the yeah, effort they put in. It's LGB turkey legs. Yeah, it's Which was a bit of a stretch. Gas. Oh, yeah, yeah, but that's the point. Like, that was fucking hilarious. And the, the rainbow washing of everything. Oh, yeah. But that fucking donut burger. Like, when Frenchie's like, there truly is no God. I'm with Frenchie on that yeah, one. Like, that you is, know me. I, I like burgers and I love sweet that's things. That's, like, the ultimate of American disgusting food. Like, yeah, just no. Just burgers with donuts. Just no. 
Absolutely not. Yeah, it is. Fucking disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. But yeah, they head off to what you consider to be a very disappointing show. I thought it's called Soldier Boy Ahoy. Yeah, you were expecting like a USO show type. Yeah, and given that it's Vought and it's supposed to be like Vaughtland has that whole connotation of Disneyland over it, that it would be this whole big belt. Like, because they've not exactly been subtle at anything else. You know, they tend to throw everything and the kitchen sink at it. So I was expecting a big you know, full musical review with dancing girls, maybe some like, like at the end of springtime for Hitler when they come out riding on the cannons, <laughs> like something like that. That would have yeah, been a not very just one, 19... Not just one woman on stage Yeah, that would have been like this song. big 1950s, you know, USO style extravaganza. Maybe it's her ego thing. Maybe she wants a one woman show. But because even... she does... No, but she does seem like the type. Oh gosh, yeah. With her Chimps Don't Cry video. And she's like, look, I'm highlighting the plight of these animals. And I'm like... They're physically incapable like, of producing tears. No. But, but yeah, no. She, she does Otherwise seem like... Otherwise they'd have the driest eyeballs in the animal kingdom. She does seem like the type who would be like, it. you know, no, it's me. It's a one woman show to my... I know. Long last yeah. love kind of thing. I just, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, just, I get where you're coming from. I just thought it would I be very, like, bigger. showy and, hello, my baby, hello, my darling, hello, <laughs> yeah, like, something was, like that. So yeah. when, and I just felt that the whole thing was a bit kind of low budgety. It's like, yeah, we have this much. She had shows, like, she had, like, but, seven shows a day. And I th- But I think, is that also maybe supposed to be part of it? That like, it's, it's tucked off at the back as, like, this, Yeah, like, she's a, ha- a has-been, yeah. and that's all she has to do, is she's got, she does shows every day at Vaughtland. And has the and team there's only like the, there's only, like, four people in, in yeah, the street, Yeah, there's fuck you know? all people there. So I think I think that's kind of what it's supposed to be. It's it's just yeah, that's that's what she's done in her retirement. Yeah. She's now a has been superhero. Yeah, she didn't even get to retire to Vegas. Um <laughs> Yeah. But and that's probably explains why they don't really have the budget for ha- her having a big show because it's like it's a back it's just a black cloth backdrop with like fairy lights on it. Yeah. Like it's not and she's so just you can in do her this outfit. And you can do nothing. She provides her own pyrotechnics. Yeah. <laughs> this is true, she does. <laughs> Still gets paid enough to have cocaine tea, though. Yeah, well, are you going to stop her having she all says the cocaine her and Mrs. she wants? Her and Mrs. Doyle would get along something oh, fierce. Oh, it's got cocaine in it, father. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, um, I liked the interaction that they have between her and Kimiko, where she thinks she's just a fan. And she's like, oh, do you want to see new material? And about the whole yeah, Christian still cry. And they're having the little sign language conversation where she's like, I like her. And then she's like, she's, <laughs> she's nuts. Crazy. With the whole wall of chimp memorabilia. Yeah. But she's certainly not the most standoffish soup we've come across. No. You know, because she was when she was like, oh, honey, can you not talk? Yeah, she's quite sweet. Like, and, when, and when she gets the upper hand, when like they... they oh, they she pin just likes it. Yeah, they pin her to the wall and they try and get the info off her about Soldier Boy. And then... This idiot fucking let in. Yeah, like, well, they're supposed if, to. Well, they booked in for like a but, tea time thing. Yeah, but if if he's controlling the door and you, if you're like, if your job is to bring people, and he in, said it was twenty minutes. That was twenty minutes. No, three minutes. Oh, three minutes. But if oh. you, yeah, so it probably was. But if you're the person who lets people in and out of the three minute tea with the countess experience, yeah. Wouldn't you expect the other people to come out before you let the next people in? Yeah, you knock the door and be like, "Hi, your time's up." You but get anyway, them yeah. But when first. when when she escapes, she does. She just legs it. Yeah. And then when they get outside, and she fires a blast at them and explodes and that explodes poor, that poor homelander guy. <laughs> He's everywhere. Oh no! My favorite bit about that is when uh, when Frenchie and Kimiko get back up, and he kind of looks at it. He goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" <laughs> 
<laughs> just the reaction is great. Because I've seen a little bit of her power in the show, but that was like a little like, oh. Well, I mean, I assume so they did pretty. their homework and knew. Oh, God, yeah. Because he's like, don't do. let her hands yeah. touch in the whole Illuminati triangle of death, but, literally. Um, but I think he calls them fireballs. And then when you actually yeah. see it used and it just as soon as it hits that guy, he just explodes in a paste. And I love how everybody in this show explodes rather than like... Everybody explodes. <laughs> yeah, it's always explosions of guts and viscera. And yeah. I fucking love it. But um, yeah, she lays everybody it everybody in, in... Oh yeah, brain. everybody around is covered in blood and guts. I, I gotta say, some of them parents have got some real shit, shitty reaction times. Not the Crimson Countess though. She is fucking <laughs> out of there. Yeah. See yeah, that, that's the last we see of her. And poor Kimiko looks around at the, the two kids that she was... Yeah smiling at earlier and sees that they are now terrified and feels like well in, in a scene fault. later on we find yeah. out she feels like she's done to them what the shining light did to her and she's stolen their childhood yeah and Frenchie tries to say well it's Frenchie initially broaches it we're saying hey look we'll go to Six Flags tomorrow and we'll go on all the roller coasters you want and she says look it wasn't about the roller coaster I just wanted to feel like normal. a child and feel normal yeah and she said instead I Turned those two poor kids into little versions of me, basically. Yeah, and then I've like, a broken no. thing. He'll never like cotton candy and stuff. It's yeah, it's very yeah, sad. it's really sad. And I do, I like how Frenchie just doesn't. He knows that that what she said is it's not not so much that it's true, but like when she says, like, I can't there's be nothing normal. he can say to placate her because she's not normal. No, there's, yeah, there's nothing he can say that will that undo what's been done to her. Yeah. So he doesn't say anything. All he can do is comfort her and yeah. allow her the space oh. to work through it. And he knows that if he tries to push her, he tried that before. But that's and it, it he's, backfired on he's him. learned all he and grown as well. Yeah, he's friend. learned and grown as well that all she wants is just somebody to be there. You yeah. don't always have to have something to yeah. say. Somebody to bring her a bag of chocolate limes. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get chocolate limes yeah. at some point, actually. That's a very good point. We haven't seen them yet, have no. we? No. The bag of chocolate limes that he uses to kind of. But that's that's another her. that's another really it's it's sweet it's heartbreaking scene there and um it's the last we see of, of them in the episode as yeah well. but uh, I like what's going on with them that they're not front and center but it's just these lovely little moments and it's I like that we're getting much more they're going out on missions now like they did in the comics we saw yeah. them going after Termite in the last episode and this one when they're wandering around Vatland it really reminded me of Frenchie and the female at the Believe Expo in the comics you know when she's up in the balloons yeah uh, just he's, bought of, the, he's bought the massive bunch of balloons and she's climbed up in them and is hidden yeah watching everything <laughs> only in the comics instead of like smiling at some children and thinking they're sweet she finds the one little rotten kid and pisses on his ice cream yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah it's uh, um, yeah. no it's sweet and it's it's nice to see these yeah they are they're going off on missions now and it yeah. is it's a lot more like the comics I can't wait to see more Crimson Countess because she is going to, I'd say, the second that they get or they find Soldier Boy, she's going to come out back out of the woodwork. Well, I'd say she probably... Because she done legged it. Well, I'd say, depending on what's happened to Soldier Boy, if she knows about it, she might be Well, she didn't to... seem to. She was like, no, the show is the fucking truth. Like, do your research, look at your history. I think that was just to get them... To leave. Well, yeah, they, had, they hadn't they had started, like, torturing her or anything <laughs> yet. So, obviously, she wasn't going to give up information. Yeah. But, yeah, she might now be off to try and get... They know... She knows now there's people looking for Soldier Boy, so maybe she's going off to try and get ahead of them. Yeah. Well, at least she's she's free and running. Yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> uh, I know. I look forward to seeing more of her. 
Yeah. And I was surprised. She's actually, nuts, which is going to be great. She's great. Fun. Oh, no, she's great. And I am, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of her because I thought we would get more than one episode of Gunpowder. Yeah, no. But it didn't look like we will. No. There's an interesting thing now because Billy's got a weird conundrum. Does he tell the rest of them about the V or is he going to retain his assholeish ways and keep it all for himself? Yeah. Because as we mentioned it, a bit earlier. It looked earlier, like a dose was like a mill and they're pretty big vials. And he's got like four of them, or yeah. three of them. No, well, I assumed it was each each vial was a dose, a twenty four hour dose. Was well, what it, when so you see him in three, the in the dream sequence when he's loading it up? Oh, sorry, yeah, 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 it is only like that's a big vial. Before he he goes to that extreme, he just yeah. goes to check out gunpowder first. When he and goes to the gun expo, and he yeah. goes through the metal detector, and, and like, gunpowder is just a caricature of a human being, of a right wing gun. I'm sorry, human when he being. goes through the fucking X ray machine or the the metal detector, oh, yeah. and he pulls out the gun, and it's like, oh, sorry, here, your man's like, oh, nice piece, nice piece, on you go, sir. And I was like, what the fuck are you jacking for then? Yeah, and I it was like. I know it, it is this whole American gun culture, which is just completely... Not getting into far- it. No, but it is completely foreign to us. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And it was like, you know, ladies, ladies camo and shit like that. It was like, what? Oh, did there's a the little kid with the sniper rifle. And yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, oh, it's insane, so bizarre it? to us. Dude, like, oh, yeah. But gunpowder talking oh, about... ranting in the room Dakota about... Dakota Bob and how he's going to get into office and play straight into the George Soros world control playbook and oh, oh it's they're fucking they're already hilarious. controlling it you just don't realise and white male privilege and yeah he's very much on that train oh yeah and I mean uh, Kripke said that this series he's was... a Republican space ranger <laughs> he is yes he is but... and it is he's going the fall you can have my guns when your prize made my call dead 18 fingered hands uh, yeah, oh god yeah he, he is just pure Re- like I don't want culture. to say redneck because I love rednecks and but he's this like real stereotypical he's American Judge Dredd yeah because <laughs> he does he like he does look a bit like Judge Dredd with the old like oh he's yeah he's supposed to be a good stuff like uh, that, but he also off. looks like one of the one of the the bad guys from Running Man. Yeah, he uh, the he, guy with the big mohawk who's like in his the tiny electric, car. Yeah, with the the electric whip things. In I his think tiny he, little car. His tiny car. I know. He looks a bit like him too, but he's just this short, stocky. Well, like I'm short, but yeah. yeah. Well, compared to Carl Urban, who's like six foot four. Mm, true. Um, but he's like small. He's stocky. He's heavily armed, deranged. He's exactly who you want her in children. <laughs> yeah. But when Butcher goes to see him in the bathroom and... Dear Lord, three shakes, that's enough, mate. You fucking nearly did yourself a mischief there. <laughs> like, that was violent. Even Butcher was like, damn, boy, like, maybe, what did it do to hurt you? Maybe he's got a fully automatic penis. <sighs> but, yeah, when he goes and, and he is... I won't say it's the soft touch, but it's certainly a softer touch than we've seen with yeah. Butcher before. Yeah, it's the 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 softly, softly catchy monkey. Because he, yeah, he goes at him, and I mean, I suppose he knows he's got superpowers, but he goes at him, and he's like, "Well, look, you know, well, I was your have, biggest fan." And this, that, the, you know. Yeah, doesn't have superpowers when he's no, no. He when he goes at him, he knows gunpowder has superpowers. What, so he's, he's not yeah, going to like, try like, and what, attack him. Super aim. It, yeah, from the scene in the car park and the with only the from that bullet. one shot with the yeah. magic bullet, I'm guessing that's supposed to be his specific power is that he's like super good with... That's a couple of them that have some sort of super aim thing going on. Well, we said that that's what we guessed it was with Eagle, uh, Eagle the Archer as well. 
But to be honest with you, he doesn't feel like much of a threat in that car park scene. So they have they have their their hoo ha in the bathroom. Yeah, like he kind of tries to blackmail him, and it doesn't really work. Yeah, and he and just kind of lets mi- him go. Yeah, he misses him with the first headshot, and then like he gets him through the leg with a through and through in the calf. And then I like that and you then didn't he has see the magic where he was. You didn't see where he was coming from when Butch is kind of running away from the car. You can't yeah. see him. And I was like, oh, well, is, is is that his thing then? He can just kind of constantly fire bullets. He's a really shit. He's like a real bad knockoff dead shot. But yeah, he's just, even even when Butch is running around the car park, he never really feels like a, a big threat. And yeah. it's like, why? And until Butcher takes the V and goes back to see him later on, when they have and starts a, pummeling on him. Yeah, when they have a, a, a fist fight, he then you see, okay, yeah, he's got V. He can pick up and throw people around as well. But at that point, it doesn't matter because Butch has got V too. Yeah, and Butch is real mad. Uh, yeah, his... You shot me! <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think, yeah, Butcher just at that point knows there's no fucking around. Because in between yeah. his two visits to Gunpowder, he goes back and he watches the video that Ryan sent him. Oh my God, that video is so fucking And that's sweet. another little sweet slash heartbreaking moment in this episode. It's just a voicemail, but he knows he needs to hear it. Yeah, it's a voicemail that was left for... Ryan. Left for Ryan that he decided to make a little Lego video out of and specifically for Butcher. I just like so, yeah, I thought just... I could get a haircut and it's pulling the whole the Lego hair off and putting a new one on. Yeah. It's so funny. I mean it's so fucking heartbreakingly sweet. It really is. Right in the feels. And then after he's got it, you see like probably the most growth we've seen it forever from Butcher because he Huey, rings Huey. Does he ring Huey or does Huey ring him? He rings Huey. He rings Huey and so basically Huey's says, having a bit of a freak out over what to do and he's looking at the picture of him and Newman. And he's like, oh, what do I do? And he hasn't told Butcher at this point. And he's, I think he's kind of debating it. And Butcher rings him and is like, uh, we were chasing something, but we're going to leave it because, you know, everything's good and Ryan's good. You're, yeah, you were, you were right. You were right about everybody just trying to have a life, you know, and I think I'm going to just leave it be because everything is good. And straight away, he's like, Newman's a soup. She's the head popper. There's no hesitation. No, I think there is. There is hesitation. He, he stops and he thinks, fuck, you know, the... I think he does appreciate the importance of what Butcher has just said to him. But at the same time... He can't really see past he, the nose on his face. No, I think he I think he just realises that no, we, we kind of... We need... You. We need, yeah, we need the old psycho. Butcher. Yeah, we, we, can't, need, we tried to fight them. We thought we were doing the right thing. We thought thing. we were doing the right thing. It's all turns, rigged. Yeah, it's all and, rigged. And we need you and your own predictability but to I think, actually affect some change. I think as well, he's thinking of what... Vic said to him in the last episode of we're in peacetime yeah Butcher's the guy you want on the front line in a she's war been trying to he's get just rid of him. he's yeah. just realised oh no yeah we are we are in a war and we need Butcher yeah we need Butcher so he tells him and then I'm guessing straight away more or less Butcher realises right well this is fucking super serious now time to take that V and go find out what the fuck is going on yeah with time Soldier to Boy. level the playing field uh, yeah as he says in the trailer so he goes off to uh, have a chat with Gunpowder and what a chat does he have <laughs> yeah after beating the ever loving shit out of him <laughs> and I mean that at no that's point a good, that's a good brawl too yeah even though and like he got when he's like squishing his jaw and he's, oh, yeah. he's spitting teeth out and he's like alright I'll tell you I'll tell you but even when, even though you don't see Butcher actually take the V, when he shows up to talk to Gunpowder and Gunpowder shoots him, I'm like, not for a second did I think that Butcher was dead yeah. or anything. It's like, oh, he's I taking the V. He, I thought he might have faked him out and had like a bulletproof vest on to be like, 
Haha, it's a bulletproof vest, but real, and then had him shoot him again as like a fake out. Because <laughs> oh, and then I get up. Yeah. That would have been better, nearly. Yeah, like and to have him get up and be like, haha, bulletproof vest. So yeah, gunpowder just shoots him, him again. again and and then, then he gets up again. Yeah. I'd have, I'd like, I thought he would have done something like that just to really fuck with his head. Yeah, that um, would have been fun, and that would definitely have been a Billy type move. Yeah, but it's a it's a real dicky move. I think maybe Billy's like, ah, I don't have time to play around. I'm just, yeah, I'm just too mad about this. Because yeah, he beats the shit out of him and is like, his face. He is actually going to let him go though. I think he's learned enough. Like he gave him the information. He's not really, he's not really dangerous. He's just an idiot. He's another washed up soup. He's just appearing at at he's doing this spouting for, yeah, his at the fucking VRA. yeah at the VRA. He's just doing his shit. But he's not really a big major threat when, player or anything like that. Just just before he accidentally kills him, he is giving him a severe beat. Like he's gotten the information about yeah. about Mallory. Oh at yeah, that point. he is caving his face in. But he's like, yeah, I I think I still have to. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna like maim you. But I won't actually kill you. Yeah, yeah. You might still be breathing. And like, then, when um, I'm done. then we find out that, yeah, perhaps the V24 isn't quite as stable as... No, I think it just kicked in. I just think he got so mad that it kicked in. But yeah, that's it. Like, So it's, it's one thing he, to get to be strong. They don't know how, how it works. Yeah, so the, the laser vision kicks in and he done slices... Everything? Yeah, pretty much everything. But poor El Gunpowder's face and car gets sliced in half. Yeah. Not before he's given up information about Soldier Boy's death in Nicaragua in 84 and how he didn't see it. But if you want to know, ask, ask the, the CIA. CIA. <laughs> Butcher's like, uh, what now? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, when, they, when they weren't too busy with con- Iran-Contra. Oh, the CIA are always, yeah. always keeping their fingers busy in many different pies. Yeah. But this one was in Nicaragua and they're... Uh, oh, yeah, because yeah, Nicaragua was the only country they were fucking with in the 80s. Oh, they, no, that's my point. They had their fingers <laughs> in many, many pies. But this particular pie, Grace Mallory had her fingers in as well. Yeah. And Butcher was like, uh, what? It's squeezy, which means for the entire time that he's been trying to take down Homelander, Mallory has retained information from him about something that is possibly strong enough to remove Homelander. See, now, I, I reckon... Partly because of it. some sort of cryo chamber. Thing. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon that it's not any kind of weapon that took down Soldier Boy. That he's the he's, B- in, he's under the forest in Nicaragua. Somewhere. Probably, yeah. BCL base. Red or whatever yeah. it was they referred to isn't a weapon. It's it's the containment cell he's locked in. We know because of a little bit of what we saw in the trailer and a little bit of of info that came out before season three that yeah. Soldier Boy's not dead and he is held captive somewhere yeah well so the trailer shows them letting him out of something but, so but I think the BCL red is probably whatever that thing yeah. is so I can understand if that is the case I can understand why Mallory wouldn't necessarily yeah, bring one. it up there's only <laughs> one and it's already got an occupant we can't put Homelander in it who's not going to be too happy if we take him out because yeah know. and yeah he was locked, probably locked in there for a good reason to begin yeah. with so yeah that's what that's why I reckon Mallory hasn't told him, but that'll be interesting Homelander, to see how or she not justifies Homelander it. Butcher's reaction to that is going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, definitely. That's gonna be and, a make it or break it moment. And something else that we we were tossing about, I think, in the VNN chat was we said that it would be cool if Mallory had a long standing like nemesis. If she was if she was Soldier Boy or if she was involved in Soldier Boy's past. I think we said maybe in Vietnam or something. She has a long she definitely had had a long standing relationship with Vogelbaum. It'd be interesting to see if her her and Edgar's relationship 
from Edgar mm. being a young whippersnapper involved, I would like to see something that but, maybe involving them and payback. But yeah, do you remember the way? I think it'll be similar to in the comics, where except it's it's World War Two in the comics. Yeah, Mallory is head of just a, a unit of soldiers. Vought show up with the earliest version of payback and say, "Here's some superheroes to work with you in the war." They fuck everything up. Yeah, like and in, that's kind of why Mallory ends up starting the boys, is so that Vought can never get like, into into military again. Yeah. I think this might be similar. Back in the 80s, they teamed up together. I reckon it's probably a CIA operation that Payback stumbled upon. And they were just like, fuck it, we'll just use them while they're here because it's good cover for us or whatever. Like the CIA probably were using them as as their collateral cover. (laughs) It wouldn't Um, put it past them. Yeah, no, I I think it'll be more in line with the comics where they're on, sent on a mission together or Mallory's told you have to take these superheroes on a mi- on this mission Yeah, they balls it all up and that's Mallory's impetus to end up starting the boys no it'll be interesting to see what happens in oh, the yeah. next I mean, episode I was just going to say we, we could be completely wrong we'll yeah. find out in the next episode like we were about Red River we were way off the mark no, on that one I still think there's something very sinister going on in Red River that they're they are selectively adopt well fostering kids with potential for mm. um, seeding within branches of the government and oh and I also and yeah there's also probably I still think that whole side of things is going possibly, on possibly and I also think it's it's probably just where well of course sense. it is with Newman it's, uh, but it's also probably there's people who never get adopted out of there yeah. and have horrible powers Oh god, yeah, no, I'm sure there's also ones who end up just going straight to Cedar Grove and into wellness centres and things like yeah. that, or like poor fucking bastard in Gecko working in the Yeah. yeah. Also, what was in that shampoo if his eye hadn't grown back? Oh yet? no, come on. No, we're not going um, back. <laughs> I think that we've covered just about everything except for Homelander's little speech at the end. Oh yay, that was fun. Yeah, it was. Don't you dare stop broadcasting, Roger. <laughs> That was fucking gas. Poor old Roger. I mean, if you were Roger, who would you go with? Ashley or Homelander? Homelander. You're damn straight you would. The one that can cut me in half here as opposed to the one that can fire me? Yeah, the one that, the one that already heard the command that was given to me to stop rolling. That Homelander's speech and that fuckhead Todd's reaction. Ah, uh, Todd. Well, like, Todd Todd was like, this is for on, me. On the edge let of me, his seat. Let me get myself comfortable. Let me get a pen and paper. Finally, and somebody telling it like he it really is. one hand on her. No, that was like, that was a call to fucking incels and edgelords and dude bros everywhere. Every that person who was. has felt like, oh, yours are all sheeple and you don't, every person who owns a fucking fedora yeah, uses the word sheeple <laughs> Has a broadsword or says milady. Oh, I'd, I'd go even further. I'd say there's like all these dicks who are in white collar jobs and think like, oh, you know, like, like look at Todd, for example. Like Todd yeah. is living a middle class existence. He's got himself like a steady girlfriend who has a child and he they have a little... They have um, a nice house. They have a nice house, a nice family unit together. A good, He's got a good relationship yeah, with, seems- the, with the girl's father. Yeah. But he's still looking at Homelander like, oh yeah, tell it like it is, Homelander. Yeah, I have been controlled my whole life and in my shitty job and my I, shitty life. It's like, no, dude, shut the fuck up, Todd. Cop yeah, yourself you're, on. You're a cis white male. You have like all the privilege. Yeah, you have it so fucking good. You're one and of it's... these people who probably has gone around now with an all lives matter flag completely missing the point. Yeah, he probably fucking is. And I I, wow. I think it's more Fight Club. I think it's more Edward Norton in Fight Club. All these people who are in white collar jobs 
or it's Michael Douglas and falling down. Yeah. I've I've been pushed too far and I'm gonna take it out on the system. I was like, you've actually had fucking nothing against you. Oh, uh, you like got how many stuck people stuck in traffic. Yeah, like how many people missed the point of Fight Club and set up actual fight clubs and, and didn't realise you're not supposed to idolise Tyler Durden or the narrator. Who is Tyler Durden? But well, yeah, one of his, of his mom. Well, yeah, but you're not supposed to idolise either of them. No, they're, they're all horrible Tyler Durden people. is a horrible asshole and Edward Norton's character, the narrator, is an easily manipulable goofball. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, neither he's just, of he's which naive and gullible. Yeah, and, and that's what I think is happening with Homelander's yeah. speech there and, and Todd's reaction is it's a... It's like when Homelander was watching Taxi Driver. See, this is what happens. This is yeah. what happens when you push a good man too far. And he just feels like that's what he is going yeah. on about how I am the only man in the sky. I am your hero. Yeah, I am the hero. hero. You guys, yeah, you're I'm, not the real I'm, heroes. I'm better than you. I'm not like you at all. And why I'm wouldn't you want me you. to be? I'm smarter than you. You need me to save you. <laughs> yeah, and that's I mean, from what? <sighs> that's the thing. From what does he think they need saving? Themselves. <laughs> yeah. But, woof, Homelander has really gone off the deep end this time. Yeah, now in the next one he's going to be sporting a nice military outfit. Do you think? Yeah. No, because it's... Well, think, the outfit's think? already quite militaristic. He's, he's, he's a couple of, you know, he's a couple of snappy music numbers away from <laughs> yeah. full, like, domination. But I wonder, I wonder what the... It's fairly obvious what the public response would be to it. I wonder what Vought's response will be. I don't know, but I feel this. Or what Homelander's response is going to be? Because he, he, I know he said I don't make mistakes, but he frequently does things like that and then immediately regrets them. So yeah. is this something? Is he going to just like freak out and fly off somewhere and hide? I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and any final thoughts on the episode? Um, slow for an episode with a lot of stuff in it. There was a lot of heavy, heavy elements. It in was. It. it was a heavy episode, but. Uh, what was nice was it was heavy but a lot of it was like heartfelt and sweet yeah it was heavy but for purpose it wasn't just like we're gonna do all these horrible things and have them happen for no reason this was we're going to face some extremely difficult and and taboo subjects to talk about especially around mm's mental health yeah and to see that being addressed head on in a very well framed balanced safe environment yeah but there was none of the the mad insane air insanity of the last episode of of looking straight in the eye of giant fucking penises or looking no but it didn't, <laughs> you know what I mean it or seeing a guy explode out of another guy one person explodes in this and payback gets or uh, uh, thing he gets his head mashed in and then cut in half and that's kind of it yeah, no, it's not a. Super and then there's obviously all the photos from Watch Your Faces file with everybody with their heads popped off. But it would have taken away from the magnitude of these emotional leaps that these characters exactly. have taken. But it's it's because honestly, Butcher's whole phone call, I was like, oh my god, you're there. Yeah, you're you're there. there. You're like you've realized there. that what you're doing and your continued obsession is going to be detrimental. You can see it with MM. You've seen what but, chasing this has done we, to MM. But and you don't want to him. do that. And now you need him. But thankfully, MM is also going to be there. Yeah, but he's well made to help the, along the way because Monique has told given him, him you know, permission to this go. is what you need to do. Yeah. But no, I did. I, I really liked that it was that much more of an emotional episode and much more character driven. Mm-hmm. And I think that season two was much the same because that's the episode 
season two, episode two, is when Butcher comes back. Yeah. And it's all about the tension in the group. And, and him finally telling the back finally admits life. at the end. And obviously that's where Kimiko meets back up with her brother. Yeah. So that was a much more heavily character-driven episode as well. Which means... Season three is going to be... Or episode three, episode gonna three is going to be fucking madness because that's what they gave us it's last gonna year. It's going to be the collision of was, all the storylines. Yeah, it was... Uh, They're going to Opener find, and catch-up. Yeah. Character-driven second episode. Absolutely insane madness and action for the third episode. So that's so what I'm I looking think, forward yeah, to. Yeah, I think this episode they're going to end up in Nicaragua. They are going to find... Soldier Boy. They're going to let him out. Something yeah. something's gonna happen to the female. I just have a gut feeling that that this she's gonna end up because she seems to in the trailer she seems to take the full brunt of his like initial blast. Hello, good morning. Yeah, kaboom. And the, um, the dancing around in the hospital that we saw in the I trailer is probably a coma. a coma sequence. Yeah, we can talk about that if if and when it comes. But yeah, no. By but all accounts, season episode three should be a fucking mad show. It should be, and if you check back with us in twenty four hours, guys, you will hear our reaction to episode three. Thanks for joining us again, and we will be back roughly twenty four hours from now. Like twenty four, we twenty five. <laughs> we'll do our best to edit this as quickly as possible. And in the meantime, if you want, you can check out some of our previous episodes or some of our movie reviews over on Mono Rants at the Movies. Or you can get in contact with us on Twitter at RantsMono or over on Instagram at MonoRants underscore the underscore boys. Otherwise, we'll catch you soon. Bye-bye. Slan, slan. We are Science Fiction Remnant. This is the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. We are the Caribbean Science Fiction Network. We are MonoRants. We are One Chord Level 2 Podcast. This is... Sci-fi.